Portia, we are just two pearls. Join us for adventures in pearls. Our reflection comes from Michelle Obama's farewell speech. I want our young people to know that they matter, that they belong. So don't be afraid. Be focused. Be determined. Be hopeful. Be empowered. Empower yourselves with a good education and then get out there and use that education to build a country worthy of your boundless promise. Lead by example with hope. Never fear. Amen. So, Jamie, I have an adventure I want to share with you and all the pearls. And you too, Dan. Hey. So, I went to California. That's how I ended my 2016, and it was so awesome. So I decided to do something that I've never done. I've never been to the West Coast before, ever. So this was like a first time. So in California, I met up with my Spelman sisters, and who some of them I had not seen literally since like graduation day. Uh And this is our fifth-year reunion coming up, so it's been like five years since I've seen some people. So um, I was so, 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 so excited. One of the best things that I did, one of the highlights of my trip, was watching the sunset on the West Coast, uh-huh. like over the Pacific Ocean. So, like I've seen it rise on the Atlantic, right. but something about seeing it set on the Pacific was like, ooh. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like it was really, really cool. So I saw um, a lot of really fun stuff. So like the Hollywood um, Walk of Fame, saw like the Chinese Men Theater, and I saw um, people's handprints in the sidewalks and concrete at the theater (laughs) (laughs) like I did like you know it was a cool trip I tried Korean barbecue for the first time I had an opportunity to walk down route 66 in Santa Monica so I was like yay check that off my bucket list because that's something I've always wanted to do is like Mm -hmm. quote unquote ride down route 66 so Mm -hmm. technically I kind of did sort of (laughs) Um, went to the beaches um had oh saw a show um with Debbie Allen's dance um group uh-huh. her her dance company had like a, a holiday show that which was like fantastic so and she still got it okay debbie got it okay oh i see debbie her Allen I, still got it her gray's anatomy co-star sometimes post videos of her she's like twerking she's moving yes. and i'm like get it debbie debbie allen still got it okay so she was dancing well kind of singing but dancing nonetheless <laughs> in the show and i was really really impressed and so Overall, I had a really great time. I enjoyed myself. I ate well, prayed well. You know, me and the Lord had some time together. So it was kind of like I eat, pray, love type of thing. <laughs> I mean, there was no love in it besides self-love. So that's love the, of God. The love of God. Come on. Self-love. <laughs> but not the but not the eat, pray, not the love. Romance. Like the like the romance. Like okay. the movie and the book. So that's why I had to like kind of clean it up a little bit. I was like, not that. <laughs> eat, pray, love. But I ate well. I prayed well. And I loved on me. So there it is. So um, overall, I really enjoyed my time. And so, um, yeah, great times. Well, you know, uh, I'm kind of freaking out because you're talking about your um, Spellman reunion coming up. Yep. And I know we've been out of college, I guess, for four and a half, almost five years now. But I'm like, how are we coming up on a five-year reunion? Because I just got the email from Wellesley saying, like, get your dues in, make your plans, Mm -hmm. come back June. 
I'm like, how has it been five years? <laughs> it's been five years. And this is how you know it's been five years because <laughs> Barack Obama is out of office um, practically. And so it's just like, this is how you know. Like when we think about, we were freshmen in college when he came into office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been through div school. We've gone through that whole, you know, post-college phase. And so, yeah, it's been five years yeah. since we've been out of college. Right. Five. Yeah. Cinco. <laughs> as long as you can say it in Spanish. Come this Mayo, five years. Literally. Come May, five years. Yes. I'm like, I can't believe it. I mean, it's a good thing. Like, it's like nice to look back on the journey of the mm-hmm. past five years. But at the same time, I'm like, five years. Right. You know, and, and I'm sure this happens with you with girls who want to go to Spelman and girls talk to me if they want to go to Wellesley. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I'm like a real alum. Like, it's been five years. <laughs> like, I don't know anybody there anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can write letters of recommendation for people and exactly. I like have a job. So like when I sign off on things, it like looks all official and whatever. Right. On letterhead, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It has been five years. I'm a legitimate adult now. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm glad you enjoyed California. And we're looking forward to reunions at our beautiful women's yes. colleges coming up in May. So cool. Okay. So uh, speaking of December 2016. Dun, dun, dun. Things kind of went crazy. Kind of. Um, because a certain gospel singer who I didn't know she was calling herself a pastor too, but a certain, I'm sorry. Was that rude? <laughs> no. Um, a certain I didn't know gospel either. singer, Kim Burrell, um, had a sermon or perhaps according to her, part of a sermon um, that went viral in which she was saying things that she's claiming were distorted by the work of the devil. And other people have just said <laughs> are plain um, homophobic comments. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was just going to like say, like, let's just let it ride. We ain't really got to say nothing about this. But I think as black women who are in ministry, and mm-hmm. I didn't know Kim Burrell was a pastor, but she's also in that case, a black woman in ministry. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, important that we revisit a topic that we did talk about in the fall, mm-hmm. which is the issue of human sexuality and the church, mm-hmm. um, which I know it has a particular, uh, like the things that she was saying. Well, they were really graphic. I'm not I haven't even heard those things in a black church. Um, but I know the black church has held on to some seriously, not all black churches, but some black churches have held on to some seriously homophobic mm-hmm. like theologies. Mm-hmm. Um and it functions a little bit differently. I, pres- I I serve in a primarily white progressive congregation. Mm-hmm. Um and so it plays out a little bit differently, but we still have some issues mm-hmm. uh, so I think it's important that as women of color in ministry who uh, are definitely called to serve a generation that thinks about gender and sex and sexuality differently like we have to talk about these things so what did you think when you saw Kim Burrell's uh, sermon start to go viral <laughs> you want to know something Jamie I'm gonna tell you the honest to God truth when I first saw it it was um, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. so I was at the barbershop getting my hair cut, um, getting it lined up because I was preaching that night. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like the funny moment, right? So I was getting ready to preach. I'm getting myself ready, and I see this on social media of Kim Burrell has said some stuff, and literally the first thing I thought to myself was, you know what? I can't right now. Like, it's the last day of the year. Yep. I can address this tomorrow. I can address this at another time. But right now, in this moment, as I'm in this barbershop while he's cutting my hair and I don't want to get 
you know, cut <laughs> on my neck. <laughs> I need to remain calm because I'm getting ready to go preach. Like, right. I need to, like, chill for two seconds. Right. Um, And for my own for my own mental health, I just needed to just not engage that conversation Mm -hmm. on that, the day that I saw it. Mm -hmm. Now the next day, (laughs) (laughs) now on the next day, now this next morning, um, I was, you know, and I was feeling some kind of way. I was really upset because as a black woman in ministry, I think it is such a gift and honor and a privilege to preach the word. And when we use that irresponsibly, if we're using it to condemn people, that to me is like a slap in the face to the people and a slap in the face to the one who called us. And so I don't think it was right. I don't think it was fair. I was offended as a preacher, mm-hmm. you know, because this is something that's so sacred to us. Right. You know, it's not something that we take lightly. Mm-hmm. And anyone who does take it lightly, you know, I'm sorry, but like, you know, shame on you. Like this mm-hmm. is a this is a serious matter here, like a big moment for us. And so as a preacher, I was just like, how can you say that to your congregation? Mm-hmm. And I've heard comments where she said that she was addressing specific people and mm-hmm. something that was happening particularly in her congregation. Mm-hmm. But as a pastor, how do you get up before your flock, before your people mm-hmm. who God has entrusted you with to address something like this in front of the entire? If you have art with your brother or sister, you address them, you know, you go to them. But still, like, what gives you the right Mm -hmm. to address the entire congregation with an issue you have personally? Mm -hmm. Not something that, you know, is something that's, you know, global, but this is a personal issue that you have, Kim. And so you just took the time to address (laughs) your congregation. Like, that's not cool. That just wasn't cool to me. And so, you know, I, I believe that everybody, I respect anybody's opinion on what you so believe, you know, what you believe is what you believe. I'm not going to sit here and condemn you for what you believe. Mm-hmm. Now I will come in here and tell you what I think is the truth. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think what she did was cool. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't cool. And nor do I agree with what she said, mm-hmm. but that wasn't that just as a preacher, I was mm-hmm. offended. Yeah. Um, and then her response to the whole thing to me was like, it, it added insult to injury. Yeah, I'm, you know, I I understand I'm, you know, I think both of us, like you said, we're women in ministry. We have like whoever listens to us. I don't know how many people listen to us (laughs) and take us that seriously, but there are people we know who listen to us and take our word seriously and that sort of thing. And I understand that there are certain things I'm that I say that I'm not going to apologize for. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. So for me, that's like speaking up for racial justice, speaking up for gender justice, um, speaking up for those who I consider to be the least of these. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not taking it back. Right. I'm not going to apologize to you. Right. Um, at the same time, I do understand that sometimes out of my own human flaws, there can be ways that I approach those issues mm-hmm. that sounds disrespectful or hurtful. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so in order for me to be on the on the side of black women, I don't need to bash any other type of woman, right? Right. right. Um, and there can be times that we, caught up in the moment or whatever, say things in perhaps not the way that God called us to say it. It's, the way, it's what we think God put on our hearts to say, but right. we shouldn't have said it the way that we said it, right? right. And so to go back to what you said, um, I do think she has a deeper theological issue, for sure. <laughs> but let's say that she really like she reads scripture and she interprets the three verses that have to do with homosexuality in such a way that she believes that it's sinful and it's wrong. And I also think she might've been responding to some abuses and abuse is always wrong. Mm -hmm. However, 
there is, to go back to your point, there is a way to say those things. And you can definitely apologize for, I shouldn't have said it in that way. I stand by that particular theology because mm-hmm. I believe this in regards to this issue. Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't have said it that way. Because mm-hmm. when I listened to the words that she said and she was calling herself a woman of God, which I believe she is. She's calling herself a woman of God. She's calling herself someone who wants to do the Lord's work. But you wouldn't have been talking like that from a pulpit. You know? Listen. I'm, <laughs> And so it was hurtful to me. And I'm like, I don't even fall into that community. And I find it, like you said, you know, I think especially being black women in ministry. Like we are black. <laughs> we are women. We are in ministry. It's already a door that is so often closed to us. You know, Mm -hmm. you and I have even been invited to pulpits and not been treated respectfully. And it's like, didn't you invite me? Didn't you ask me to be here? Right. Um, And so then to take that moment to say something so harsh and demeaning and use those words to describe another community, considering how we are treated as Mm -hmm. women in ministry. It's like, how how dare you? How dare you use that moment to engage in that particular type of speech? Mm-hmm. But what it did bring up for me, I know that we've talked on the show in the past a little bit about relationships and sexuality, but that we also need to have a more robust conversation about the way that we talk about human sexuality Absolutely. in our congregations. Um, I think, uh, well, our generation is going to have to face a lot of things as millennial ministers. We're going to have to face a lot of issues that the older generations are leaving for us. They kind of slipped under the rug, too, <laughs> or stored it in the closet. And we're like, oh, what's behind this door? Wow, look at right. all of this. It's right. like, oh, gosh. Right. Yeah, we got a lot that we're going to have to address. Right. For real. Um, but I think one of our biggest issues is going to be the issue of human sexuality mm-hmm. that we are going to, we, we have to, if we want the church to continue to be able to do the work of Jesus in the world, mm-hmm. we have to talk about the issue of human sexuality and not just stand from our pulpits and say homosexuality is X or Y. Like, I can't just stand in my pulpit and say, oh, I affirm you or stand in my pulpit and say, I don't affirm you. I have to engage in legitimate discourse. And I think, you know, for our generation, it's like we also have to, it it also comes into like we have to reassess even the way that we do church, the way that we do preaching and whatever in like such a way that it has to be a conversation. It's not just me telling you because our generation does not respond to that. Like, oh, I believe it because so-and-so said it. It's like, engage with me like act like a real human being absolutely and don't just be the word from on high so how do you think we can start to like actually have this conversation about sexuality well I think we just need to get it on the table and acknowledge that there is a conversation to be had and I think that's part of the problem that we don't even acknowledge the fact that there's a conversation Mm -hmm. that like come here y'all we need to have a talk today Mm -hmm. and the process in doing that, I think, starts with honesty. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with, a, first of all, assessing even where we are as a people and that honesty and then that transparency and then even inviting people from a different walks of life to be invited into the conversation. So I think yeah, it's sure. very hard to have a question, a question, a conversation about human sexuality in general if it's just all men in the room. 
It's hard to do that if it's all women in the room. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to do that if it's all straight people in the room. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do that if it's all black people in the room or Mm -hmm. all white people. So I think there needs to be some type of communal uh, activity going on here. Like there needs to be a multitude of voices, not just one voice as the dominant. And that's the problem Mm -hmm. when it comes to human sexuality. We've had one voice, Mm -hmm. one perspective, Mm -hmm. and maybe even a little bit of additional perspectives on top of the one perspective. Mm -hmm. but it's it's unhealthy when that one perspective becomes like the booming voice that we all listen to. So I think it starts with transparency and honesty, but also involve inviting multiple voices to the table. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And uh, I mean, I think the only question then is how do we get this done? I, I agree with you. We just, we have to put it on the table. Right. I agree with you that I'm, you know, that we have to have all these different, voices included and that sort of thing. I think there still remains, um, and you know, we know this even from our work around like racial justice or gender justice, there's still a certain um, privilege that's always in the room. Um, And so it's like, how do we hand the mic to people who might be in marginalized communities and let them run the discussion Mm -hmm. instead of you know, we're both like heterosexual women. And so we 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 definitely know the woman piece of it, but we don't know like all of the other diversity of what it means to be in the LGBT, et cetera, community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also, you know, and, and this happens in conversations around racial justice. Like I said, I'm in a in a primarily um white progressive congregation. And in the conversations about racial justice, I definitely noticed like there's a group in Hartford. I think it exists other places in the country showing up for racial justice, but it's a group run by white people to talk about racial justice. Um, and it's kind of uh, lost some steam recently because some people who were part of the Moral Monday movement, like, uh, you know, the National Moral Monday movement are like, hold on. How can you have this group that's talking to white people? And only to white people in order to try to maybe create some racial justice for black people. <laughs> How does that work? And so um, I wouldn't want to create that same dynamic when it comes to the conversation of sexuality that like I as a heterosexual woman, mm-hmm. I'm going to invite you in and I'm going to lead you in conversation about sexuality. I also think it takes the humility for those of us who are church leaders to invite folks who are from other communities in and pass them the mic. Say, you're in charge of this conversation. I'm just here. I'm here to learn just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And like, let's get into it. Um, and to conclude, I also want to say that I'm like, we can have so many more conversations about this. Because when we talk about human sexuality, it's not just LGBT. It's also um heterosexuality is also part of this and different forms of gender expression even within heterosexuality is also part of the discussion um and so yeah we have like such we have like some serious work ahead of us Mm -hmm. i think in this particular conversation um in especially in faith communities i think society is like kind of sloppily coming along (laughs) on this topic uh because i think it's been out more in in and uh, uh, we can have more open conversations in society. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, unfortunately, through the actions of uh, Kim Burrell in this sermon, um, it ended up looking like the church hasn't made any. I think that was one of the big tragedies of it. It made it look like the church hasn't made any progress mm-hmm. on the issue of sexuality because, you know, of course, 
part of the reason why this tournament became so big is because she did have the song with Pharrell on um, Hidden Figures, and she was supposed to go on the Ellen DeGeneres show of all shows. Of all shows. <laughs> and perform with Pharrell. Oh, right. Which would have been huge for her career. Um, it it would have been. Right. And then, of course, Ellen is like the mascot for like American lesbians. Oh, no, not the mascot. <laughs> oh, no. And it's just like, I mean, really? Really? And it, it just makes it seem like, oh, the church has this big problem that they're not even like they're still saying this archaic stuff about homosexuality. And it's like not all of us. There right. is diversity and nuance to this conversation. And yes, we need to like bolster up the conversation. Yeah. But we are making some progress on this topic. And I think with Kim's comments, I think it shed some poor light um, on what we do and what the work that we're striving to do in the faith community. So, I mean, there are so many uh, now becoming more opening and affirming churches, mm-hmm. people who are very, you know, come as you are. We literally accept you for who you are. Um, and in my congregation, you know, even being one, it's just like, you know, we love everybody. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like we are very committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ and right. loving people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that goes into falling into loving people um, and accepting people. And so for her to do that now, it's like, oh, this is why women not supposed to speak in the church. Oh, this is why I don't deal with the church. This is why the church right. is this and the church is that. And it's like, right. really, though? But what about like faith leaders like like Bishop Yvette Flunder, like who is like active and out here and like literally doing the work? Like, what does that mean for people who are literally on the front line sacrificing their lives to mm-hmm. say, you are welcome here? Mm-hmm. And I think um, our time at Yale really showed me a lot of like, wow, yeah, like, I'm supposed to love on people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, yeah, I, it, it, it got a little sticky and set a little, some of us a little bit back. But mm-hmm. you know what? We're going to keep fighting on. We're going to keep going on. And you know what? The shining light of Jesus Christ is what matters from the pool thing. And we're going to do that. <laughs> this episode was produced by our producer, Dan Warren. Keep up with our adventures on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website, JustTwoPearls.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JustTwoPearls. Email us at adventures at JustTwoPearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.